0: Welcome to New Freedom. Welcome to Position of Neutrality. Got to ask, Is anyone in the room for the very first time tonight? Very good. Love it. First of all, welcome. Thank you for coming. Second, let us warn you in advance, you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. primary reason that's liable to happen is we intend for you to have a different experience here. What we do here, we've been doing for lots of years now, we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week, directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? Yeah, The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. Yes? yes. So, this is their story, it's not my story, so it's incumbent on me to find my experience within their testimony. And so what we do here and have done for a number of years is I try and show you how I do just that. Find my experience within their experience that they record and encourage you to have your experience. And if we both do our job, we share a spiritual experience in this room, like tonight. Yes? How many of you have been here before and can witness? So those of you that are joining us online, they're raising their hands. The anonymous nature of our fellowship doesn't let you see that, so... But the fact of the matter is they're raising their hand, indicating to you when we speak of a spiritual experience in 12-step recovery, we're speaking of a sensory experience. You will feel it. And when you do, I'll know, and I'll call it to your attention, because we would teach you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration. Fair Fair enough? And if there's some of you wondering how would your feeling something and my knowing that prove the power of God, then I'll say up front, maybe it wouldn't. However, if you'll take one thing on faith, in every AA meeting I've ever been to, they read a little portion of chapter 5, and they say there's one who has all power. That one is? Power. So if you feel something out there, and I know it up here, did we at least not demonstrate oneness? So that's what we're going to try and do, because once we make you aware that that power we're talking about is down on the inside of you, then improving consciousness of that power to live is kind of a no-brainer. This isn't theology. This is about gaining access to a power to live, yeah? How many of you had a power to die in you that was... Okay, so we got we got to wake up the one that wants to live, don't we? The other thing I want to tell you, if you're new members here or you just got here in the last few days, um, your families are welcome to join you here the whole time you're here. And also on Saturday night, Chaplain Lee does a recovery church service, and he knows how to meet us where we are. He knows who we are and whose we are, and he'll help everybody awake into that reality. And two weeks from now, not quite, but not this week, but the following week, He's doing another baptism service. I think there's still time to sign up with him. If you or your family want baptism service, we do it in the atrium pool. It's kind of cool uh, to see, even, just, even if it's not your thing, to watch your brothers and sisters and their demonstration, their profession of faith is powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah? They go under the water. They do not come out the same. And not just because it's cold, but it is cold. <laughs> All right, so I think we got all the housekeeping matters taken care of. How, how do you guys like the new furniture? Anyway. Tell all your friends on the yard that are hearing rumors about us that we buy a new furniture. <laughs> to just like to point certain subtleties out. Not that we want to rub it in their faces, but collectively, fuck them. We are people of faith at New Freedom. We stand in faith. This is a movement of the living God. If you don't believe it, watch and see, right? All right, so we're in a chapter into action. Chapter 6, we're going to take a look at steps 5, 6, and 7. And the authors start out by saying, Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? Anytime in this book you see a question mark, that is my opportunity to go inward, because eyesight without insight is spiritual blindness. So I need to go inward and ask myself that question. Yes? How many of you... Made a personal inventory and did not know what to do about it. How many of you had someone help you make the inventory, and they were still guiding you as they told you what you were going to do about it? Sure. So what we have learned over time is that it helps to have, in modern fellowship, they call them sponsor, but whatever, close mouth, trusted friend, whatever, somebody that's already familiar with the process and the power to help, help call your attention to the change coming over you. Yeah. Help you walk through it. So we've been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our path. Is that what you've been trying to do? Yes. How many of you had a little trouble with the idea of this whole creator thing, atheist or agnostic among us? So the question would obviously be, why would I want a new relationship with a creator I don't believe in? Yes? Well, what these guys do learned, they told us of their demographics back in the step two encounter, half of them were atheists or agnostics, the other half were believers dying in their addiction. And to a man, they witness, and a woman, they witness that what they learned through the process is that the world is not causing how we think and feel, rather it's reflecting how we're thinking and feeling. It's, it's a shadow, it's not reality, right? So the reason when I'm coming in from active addiction, I would want a new relationship with creator is I'm having a shitty time in creation. Any of you relate to having a shitty time in creation? So if we're having a tough time in creation, in the last analysis, it's only there that Amy be found. We've got to go back in and see what's up. Check out what's going on with me and creator. I straighten that out, the world straightens out. Any of you had that lived experience? And then we, we got this built-in forgetter that we forget it the next time, yeah? Which is why it helps to do this as a family of believers, huh? Okay. All right, so, so, and then it says, and to discover the obstacles in our path. So did we not take a look at some of that when we looked at those manifestations of self? Okay. We have admitted certain defects, and we've ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We've put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. How many of you have done an inventory? And the rest of you are contemplating it? Or Okay, that's okay. I mean, I'm just trying to get a sense of who I'm talking to. Um, so did you get an opportunity to put your finger on some of the weak items in your personal inventory? Yeah. Did you learn some things about yourself that while well, you thought the assets have learned that maybe they were... Not as valuable as you had once imagined. Okay? So then it goes on to tell us, well, now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which when completed will mean that we've admitted to God. Oh, that's weak. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta, when we say God, You say power, because God and power are interchangeable in 12-step recovery. And we got half of us that are non-believers, but we all believe in power. And once we understand the sensory nature of power, and we see the transformation that we and others go through, it's impossible not to believe. It's more logical to believe than not to believe, based on the experience. But at this stage of our development, don't say God if it troubles, you say power. And I'm not talking about HP and some of the silly shit. Power found within. Power to live. I no longer am trying to kill myself on a daily basis. I am doing the things necessary to deliver others because in doing so, I receive my deliverance. Yes? Yes. Okay. So then it says, to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our defects. So we're going to do a little refining from what we saw in the inventory. Yes? This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult, they say. So the very first thing is the authors acknowledge to us, to a person, that disclosing things that I don't want anyone to know about me to someone I have just entrusted my life to is difficult. And then it says, especially discussing our defects with another person. How many of you have met somebody who you thought you could trust to share some of your stuff and you desperately didn't want them not to like you when you were afraid you were going to start telling them something that was going to spook them? Anybody had that experience? How many of you were surprised that you came out of it cleansed by the non-judgment you experienced? Good Good I, I'm feeling that. Who's feeling that in here? Yeah, all of you guys that have done a four and a five, and if you haven't done it, you don't know what we're talking about. when we talk about an encounter with the spirit, all of us who have had that encounter with the spirit, we feel it again and again and again. And so it's like it's still going on in here. I'm watching you guys' faces go, <laughs> keep doing Keep going. It's happening in you. That well's happening in you. We're just bringing it to consciousness. Why do I want to improve conscious contact? Because of that euphoric, same way I can get euphoric recall about what heroin's gonna do for me long before I get to the dope man. All right, so this brings us to the fifth step in recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we've done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. So how many of you have had that thought? Almost all of us have had that thought. And especially, we've been through the process and we still have that thought. Any of you do something that you just no, no one find out about? Stone cold sober? Yeah. Yeah. Hope they didn't see that shit. <laughs> so they go, they go on to talk to us about that experience. There's doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find a sol- solitary self-appraisal insufficient. So first of all, don't beat yourself up and don't beat up on anyone else, because how do you get actual practice? You try it, which means that all of us, to a person, tries a solitary self-appraisal and finds it insufficient if we're honest with ourselves. They told us we had to have the capacity to be honest with ourselves. Those who do not recovery do not have that capacity. That doesn't mean you got perfect, that just means you became aware of what an ass you could be. Yes? All right, so many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We'll be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. Anyone in that class? Show me, don't tell me. If you think it's beneficial to me, then you tell me why it's beneficial to you, and I'll I'll check it against what my inner self tells me. Yes? How many of you know that truth has a feel? Everyone in this population knows that, because that's how you lived in some of the lives you came from. You knew when you were being lied to, and you, you also knew when you were being dished some hard truth. Yes? yes? That doesn't change. We improve consciousness of that. All right, so the, the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. So the first question you may want to ask yourself is, did I come here to this recovery world to overcome my addiction? Or am I just resting? How many of you came and found out you were just resting? Maybe not have thought it at the time, but any of you had more than one go at this? Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. How many of you are among them? Tried to keep... Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they've turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. How many of you have had that happen to you? You did everything you thought you were supposed to do. I went to meetings, called somebody every day till I didn't... You'll never find call someone every day in here. Those are just helpful suggestions to let you know you're not alone. But it's never part of the program. The program required that very early on I have an encounter with this power and that I ask that power to enjoin me in a decision. And they told me my consciousness of this power was obscured by calamities, pomps, and worships, yes? So that one thing that I'm not going to tell you is the one thing that will keep me from ever getting my freedom. It has nothing to do with what you're going to learn about me. It has to do with me knowing that not only do I know what I did, but God knows what I did. and Now another human being who's not judging me knows what I did, and it's okay for me to proceed. Because the, I'm going to talk to this non-judgmental one, and then I'm going to get strengthened in the spirit, and I'm going to go out and talk to people just like me and help pull them through that door that I couldn't walk through. Yes? Yes? Some of you are feeling that. Who's feeling that? See, all of you guys that are doing this stuff, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a signature of the spirit. That's how we know who we are and whose we are. Okay? All right. So we think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. How do I complete my house cleaning? Just what I just talked about. Until I use it to help somebody else. It's not in five. It's when I'm helping somebody else unpack their five. And I may have to do a whole bunch of those before I get to the one that actually needs the healing that I don't know I need, but when it flows through me, I'll receive. How many of you have come clean talking to somebody and left made new? And you thought you were the authority, right? Okay. So they, they took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. How many of you have done that? I ain't telling that thing not to nobody. But that's obscuring my consciousness of this power. They only thought they'd lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. They put the thought in italics if you're not reading in a book. They did that for a reason. It was it was it, difficult to do back then. They really had to, they had to change the typeset, right? So they when they want to give us emphasis, they want to. Call our attention. Where's the main problem the attic? In the mind. So have you ever thought yourself humble? (laughs) The silliness of it, right? If I'm aware of self, then I'm not rid of self. And the very idea that I think myself humble means I've lost my humility. Tricky shit, ain't it? So until I take captive that thought and subordinate the ego and go through the process of strengthening the spirit and realizing that God has always known, it was me who didn't know. Does it make sense? Okay. So but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. The all's in italic. Do you think they're talking about the perfect inventory? No, they're just telling me, I I was dying one day at a time until I encountered this power, and then I got power to live and live abundantly, and I hadn't even started telling my life story until then. I'm still telling my life story every day, right here, this living ministry we called New Freedom. All right, so... More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. The alcoholics don't recognize it. Where's my meth addicts? You had at least two, right? Where's the coke addicts? Half a dozen or so? Not even going to talk to the opiate addicts. He's very much the actor of the outer world. He presents his stage character. Any of you have a persona? How many of you were surprised when people you encountered believed your persona when you knew that really wasn't you, and all of a sudden you found yourself jammed up for pretending to be something that you knew yourself not to be, and all of a sudden you're wearing orange and going, uh, holy fuck had no idea I was such an actor. (laughs) This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. See how they're describing a sensory battle that all humans know? I want this, but I know I'm unworthy. Any of you ever get caught in that struggle? Yeah, the fact that you're unworthy is one of those facts you need to take to the truth because it's a lie. You are you are worthy. All right. So this is the one he likes his fellows to see. Oh, I'm sorry. The inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. How many of you relate to having sprees? How many of you have been sober a while and still have sprees? Sprees of anger, sprees of... Whatever. Any, any of you indulge in retail therapy? Okay. So all kinds of worldly things that can be sprees, yes? Coming to his senses, he's revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. Where's my drinkers? Got any, got any vague remembrances? Meth addicts? Vague remembrances? Opiate addicts? They're like decades, right? <laughs> These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to to think someone might have observed them. As fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. So, where did they tell us the power was found? Isn't that uh, kind of a bad plan to put my garbage down on top of the power I need to live? Anyone relate to the plan? Okay, so you understand later when we're in discipline in the practices they taught us in one through nine, is that when wrong, we promptly admit it. Right? You start to make sense of the whole process, right? That's just discipline. Ten is just one through nine on steroids. I can't, he can I'm sorry. <laughs> he hopes they will never see the light of day. He's under constant fear and tension. How many of you had the experience of Stone cold sober, being in constant fear and tension. Didn't even know that was what was going on. The doctor opined that we would be restless, irritable, and discontented unless we could again experience that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a few drinks. And then they introduced us to this power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction that flows in. So all we really have to do is quit looking out there for my ease and comfort and start looking in here for my ease and comfort. It gets to be very simple, doesn't it? Yes. But not easy. Because they've got to subordinate the ego in all situations. Yes? Okay. So, that's why I call it to your attention. Because they're still telling us the authors and the doctor were restless, irritable, and discontented. If that's going on, there's something the matter with your spiritual status. And you will get loaded if you're like me. Okay. All right. So, psychologists are inclined to agree with us. How many of you saw some professional psychiatric help on your journey. And those of you who are not raising your hands and you came here through justice involvement, you saw them, whether you knew it or not. Somebody read your chart. And when you got in here, we did too. (laughs) Um, We spent thousands of dollars for... Examinations. How many of you had somebody spend a lot of money on psyche evals for you? Okay. Did you tell them the whole truth? Did you follow their advice? Let's see what the author said. We know but few instances where we've given these doctors a fair break. We've seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. That is the object lesson and why we don't share opinions when we're trying to help people. Because as a class, if you belong in the rooms of recovery, you're an addict of the hopeless variety. We as a class are people who have spent thousands of dollars for informed medical opinions, lied to get those opinions, and then ignored the results. But we are profoundly moved by experiences. All right, so unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were honest with no one else. Any of you lie to your doctors? Where's my opiate addicts? They tell you you're exhibiting drug seeking behavior? Yeah. Like every time? Yeah. Fucking A, that's how you get the system set up, man. <laughs> Small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. You know why? Because we were shameless in our willingness to shade things to get what we wanted, yeah? All right, so we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live longer, or happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. So how many of you never went through the process because you just didn't want to bother anyone? Or, or were you one of those people that was afraid to ask because of what if they said no? How many of you asked someone and they said no? Did you dissolve? No, fuck no, you got to ask somebody else. That wasn't the one God had for you, that's all that means. I bet you I asked half a dozen people before I found someone that actually knew what they were doing. Just the way it is. Not everyone in our fellowships does our program. And nothing about sitting in a room is programmed, no matter what anyone tells you. You're not in the program because you sat in a chair, any more than you're a duck if you sit in a pond or a car if you sit in a garage. And many of you have sat hours in garages and you know you're... (laughs) All right. So rightly and naturally you think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take this intimate and confidential step. Those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession must and of course will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. So if you are of a religious persuasion that requires confession by all means go to confession but do not replace your AA practice with your religious practice or vice versa because the outcomes may not be the same. Though we have no religious connection we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. How many of you have got that stuff and know what they're talking about? In our population it's quite often that some things need to be shared, and it's better if you're ordained. Because it, even counselors and doctors have an obligation, a duty to report. Someone ordained does not. Just so you understand. So that there are things in our population that that need to be taken care of another way. Yes? Okay. Um, and we know who takes care of it. Though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk with someone ordained by an established religion. We often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. How many of you have encountered people who do not understand alcoholics? (laughs) How many of you were surprised where you encountered them? Our fellowships are full of people who do not understand alcoholics and they'll say things like if you can get a year sober then I'll sponsor you. If I could get a week sober I wouldn't need your ass. (laughs) But lack of power is my dilemma. You'll hear things like you know your problem? You're not willing. No. Willingness is divine power. You know what the problem is? They don't feel loved. Love them, and they'll that will empower that innate goodness in them. We meet them where they are. Yeah? How many of you came here? How many of you got met where you are here? Welcome home. Coming out of that penitentiary shell shock. We don't only teach it, we walk it, and we believe it here. We believe in you. Um. Okay, so how many of you have gotten mad at yourself for behaving badly? So we don't really need to go out in the world to find people who do not understand alcoholics. My alcoholic nature is still part of me. If I don't stay disciplined, I'm going to behave badly. And self-condemnation is not going to help. More service is going to help, right? Okay. All right, if we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a closed-mouth understanding friend. So how many of you are working with others? Had an awakening as a result of steps? So that's what we're trying to grow into, is a closed-mouth understanding friend. Does that make sense? How many of you have to admit that when you first started this process, you just had a little trouble with the whole closed-mouth and understanding? How are you ever going to learn about your old ideas if you don't start seeing how you lack in these areas, the ability to be quiet and let people be what they are, and understand that the, they're in the search for the truth. And the truth is that God knows everything about them, and he sent me to them to help them unpack so they can grow. And does it make sense? What we're, okay, so we're all going to grow through the process. When I go out and sit down with you to, to do step work, I'm not doing your steps I'm taking mine. I'm getting my spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Does it make sense? Everything else is above my pay grade. I was powerless, and so only God could save me, and now I can save you? No, only God can save you too, but I can give you proof that he's in the saving business. Okay? All right, so says perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person, maybe one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or parents which will hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand, yet be unaffected. So understand what? Unaffected by what? Yeah, they're in their search for the truth. Not my truth, not their truth, the truth. Now, getting to the truth may peel a few onion layers off of their truth. Yeah? And then unaffected by what? By that process, by that truth. Yeah? How many of you have sat down to work with somebody and discovered as you were learning from them that they were one of those people you really didn't fucking like? And then somewhere in the process, you found out you really never knew anybody like that, and the only reason you knew anything about them is because of your thoughts about them, nothing about their experience. And, and it's a pretty handy way to unpack, isn't it? I didn't even know I was carrying that sickness around with me. All right. So, so it says, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. Notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be that one is so situated that there is no suitable person available. You think that's true in Phoenix, Arizona, today? Yes. County <coughs> Jail. Yeah, and I, I think Sean brings up a good point. But uh, you know, any place where I don't feel safe disclosing something to you because I may have it may be found out, then that's okay. That's okay because it's really about your safety. Or your perceived safety anyway. Well, we'll we'll get there. But for the most part, in Phoenix, Arizona today, if you really want to unburden yourself, there's a bunch of us that we're obligated by the divine to help you do that. And we're not going to tell you our caseload is too heavy. We're not going to tell you I got too many in the steps to sit down with one more. I don't know where it came from, but it does not come from the God I serve. If you ask and you honestly want to know, then we're going to take whatever time it takes to get you to know. All right, so if that is so, this step may be postponed only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through with it at the first opportunity. This is where self-honesty gets to be important. Am I just doing this because I don't want to do it, or am I doing it because I just can't do it? We're back to that will-not-cannot question, and if you're a will-not, ask for willingness. And if you're a cannot, get reasonable, right? Just be honest with yourself, okay? We say this because we're very anxious that we talk to the right person. It's important that he be able to keep a confidence that he fully understand and approve what we are driving at, and he will not try and change our plan. So now they've given you a job description for you if you're gonna hear someone's fifth step. How many of you have heard things in a fifth step that you thought you needed to correct? If you've heard enough of them, you do. But we're not supposed to try and change that plan. We might share some experience with them. You know, selling the rest of that eight ball just to get set up for sobriety can come with consequences. We hear that all the time, don't we, Denise? I'm going to go to the casino and sell this, and then I'll be good. Okay, when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. What did I do? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I mean. We waste no time. We have a written inventory and we're prepared for a long talk. How many of you have had that experience? They're describing their experience. It isn't a rule. What they found is they were suddenly empowered. How many of you had that happen? When I found out who was going to hear my story, I wasted no time. And I had wasted a decade before that. Does that make sense to you? But when I knew, I knew. can't tell you how I knew. I knew. Okay? We explain to our partner what we're about to do and why we have to do it. How many of you found that you did not have to explain to your partner that helped you with it, that they were explaining to you? They're now showing you the all-inclusiveness of it. This book is talking to the one taking you through the step and the one who's taking the step. Together, the student and the teacher form the lesson. And it's called a spiritual awakening. Make sense? Okay. He should realize that we're engaged upon a life and death errand. How many of you did discover that? How many of you kept that same earnestness when in your search for other people to deliver? Because that's, that's really the key to how well and how free and how quickly is if you keep the same desperation you had when you got here and making sure that other people get the message, you'll get free. Yeah, it won't be measured in digits. It'll be measured in, I mean, again, beyond time, rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence. Beyond time and space, in the here and now, I'll be present with God. Yeah? Okay. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They'll be honored by our confidence. And so now they're going to talk about the experience of sitting down with somebody. And the first thing they say to us is we pocket our pride. See how they made an acknowledgment of how difficult that is to take captive my thoughts. I'm not going to tell them that. I don't want them not to like me. How many of you did a fifth step with someone and held a little something back? How many of you got asked the question, what are you holding back? (laughs) Did you wonder why they knew? Uh, (laughs) The thing that people don't teach a lot of times in fellowship is that we're talking about a sensory expression. You can't lie to me without my permission. So as we're going through this experience, if you're holding on to something, I'm going to know. Because when you let go of it, that flow of the Spirit's going to work through both of us. There's only one who has all power. I'm going to know. And I've always known, to Mike's point, when someone held my hip. And I'm going to sit there all day with you holding my hip. Okay. He should realize we're engaged on a life and death errand. Most people approaching this way will be glad to help. They'll be honored by our confidence. So we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character Every dark cranny of the past. Why do you think they use those words? Again, I think people turn this into rules, but this is not rules. This is their experience, it's their testimony. They had to get down to causes and conditions. So it's every twist of character. Whatever is occupying space in my mind that I'm putting in front of that power deep within me, I need to illuminate. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. Acclaim claim that promise. How many of you have felt their sense of delight and they didn't? I was so dead when I went through this phase. And I mean spiritually dead, physically. I'd just come out of the hospital, still shaking too bad to write my own. So when that happened for me, he felt it. And I was too dead to know it. And he called it to my attention. And there were several other experiences that day that he called to my attention that made me, from that day forward, start walking into the reality of God, as opposed to some concept or theology that I had. Does that make sense? Because I was once dead, and now I'm alive. Does that make sense? How many of you had? Some of you felt me, so you know what I'm talking about. We've had that experience. Okay, so. We can look the world in the eye. How many of you have found that you could look up? Right All right, brother, we're going to get you there. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. How many of you have had the experience of not being able to be alone? Yeah. And sometimes you're forced to be alone, but you're never really alone, right? The, the thoughts going on. But how many of you have now got some gap and you actually can have a time of clear thinking? sort of at, an absence of conflict, right? That's when they promise us we will know peace. How do I know peace? I have no conflict within me. And I've lived a life full of conflict within me. And then I project it out there, and pretty soon I'm in a war out there. Make sense? Okay. All right, so our fears fall from us. See, fear drove it all. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, I stepped on the toes of my fellow So if the fears go, the manifestations of self go. And I can start being an authentic me. And then you'll like me or you won't. But at least you'll have an opportunity to know who I really am, instead of that persona I tried to show you. Yeah? Any of you ever try and show people a you that wasn't you in an effort to get them to like you? Did you find that they still didn't like you? That's the insanity of this human condition, is I don't know how to control my thoughts, because I can't, but I somehow think I can control your thoughts about me, which I don't even know. You probably don't even think about me. <laughs> but enough of me talking about me. Let's hear what you think about me. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. Meditate on that. Have them were atheists or agnostics. As they start to unpack... They're feeling the nearness of their creator. They're not talking about a concept. They're not talking about... They're, they're feeling that presence. They're feeling that warmth. They're feeling that revelation. Yes? Okay. So it says we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. They're telling you of the sensory nature of a spiritual experience. Not some bullshit, light bulb, doorknob, keychain shit that we've heard for years. A spiritual experience is what I need. Power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing in. And I, I need it so bad that even though my own addiction has long since been arrested, it is my life purpose to arrest it for as many people as God sends me to. Does it make sense? Okay, so I got to get back to our fears fall from us. Oh, okay. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. How many of you did a four and a five? And you go, okay, I'm good. <laughs> How many of you stumbled along in your amends process? Yeah. It's okay. It's normal. But think about. It. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost self. This is the first step in recovery. We're not one and done. We were never one and done users. We're not one and done steppers. At any point that you balk in the process, you have not fully conceded to your innermost self. Does it make sense? I either know I need it or I don't. When I knew I needed something, I went and freaking got it. Anyone else? Come on, I'm in a crew of people that know how to go get shit. So my actions will indicate what I really believe, won't they? Regardless of what I profess. Okay, so then they're going to talk about it. We feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. So now they're talking about that liberating feeling of, I don't have any secrets from God, and he's okay with me, and I'm, I'm good. Yeah? And if you don't know this loving power that we're talking about that's the whole point because we're not talking about a theology we're talking about a freedom and you don't have to have gone to a prison or a jail to be imprisoned every human is born a prisoner we are all doing time so how long do you want to sit in that cell or do you want out Okay. returning home we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour that's pretty specific right Carefully reviewing what we've done. So what have we done? I've got an inventory of my grocer handicaps. I've discussed it with someone else. i got a little clarity in my experience. And now I'm reviewing to make sure that's all I want to do. Yeah? Then it says we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Very good, Mike. We thank power from the bottom of our hearts that we know him better. Why? Because I now know him to be the subject of my experience, not the object of my belief. I'm moving in his spirit. Yes? Yep. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. So we're going to do that in a minute. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we've omitted anything, for we're building an arch through which he shall walk a free man at last. Now they're giving us a, a metaphor. They're painting a picture. So I'm going to get free of the bondage itself. I'm going to walk through this arch. Yes? A free man, okay? Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? I'm going to go from there back to 58, because that's what they told me I had to do, right? I know, I do that for you, Sean. I don't know how many years we've been doing it, but I've had the wrong page for for a lot of years. (laughs) Okay, so we're back to page 59, because Sean has a different book than the rest of us. (laughs) Page 59, and step one says, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Dash, so let's look at that. Powerless when? Before, during, and after. Does everyone agree with him? How many of you had a hard time with that? I just need to not pick up no matter what. Any of you ever hear that? If I don't pick up, I can't get high. Yeah, okay, that's fucking genius. (laughs) But here's the deal. It takes no power to not do. So why would I enter a process where I'm desperately trying to improve consciousness of power to not do something? Obviously, whoever's telling you that is misleading you if you really desperately need this power to live that we're witnessing. Then it says that our lives have become unmanageable. So that's a separate thought. Powerless over alcohol, dash, powerless to manage my own life. But I haven't copped to that yet. It was just an act of faith. They haven't even told me about that yet. Should we go to page 50? Is it 52? And let's see if we're powerless to manage our own lives. Said we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. How many of you discovered that you sobered up and still had difficulty interacting well? How many of you thought maybe just isolating all off to yourself would be the solution? Any of you... How many of you still had a problem? That's when we proved to ourselves the main problem centers in the mind. How many of you found that you did not control your emotional nature, even though you... you ever had that experience? Because we're energy thieves, right? We see energy, someone acts out in a certain way, we recognize it, and we just act right back in that energy. Right? Because that's, that's our nature at the cellular level. We're action-reaction. We're going to have to be raised above the laws of this world. It's not, we're not here to control our emotional nature. We're here to improve our consciousness so the emotion doesn't overpower my presence. Does it make sense? Okay. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, many of you have had the power to be kinder than you feel like being, like in real time. So you had this desire to act in a certain way, You had a thought to act in a certain way, but somehow we're empowered not to act in a certain way. Yes? Yes. And you thought that was learned behavior, but it's not learned behavior. Because action-reaction is what you are at the cellular level. That is evidence of a power greater than you operating through you. Does it make sense? Okay. All right. So we were prey to misery and depression. Any of you discover that after you sobered up? Sometimes we go get meds for that, too. and maybe we need them but I mean our go to is to go get meds instead of wake up and the goal of 12 step recovery is to wake up and then think 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 if I need additional help go get it but don't go get medicated don't just change drug dealers (laughs) okay so we were full of fear we were unhappy we couldn't seem to be of real help to other people any of you relate to all that that is the unmanageability i copped to and then they told me later that alcohol the methamphetamines the cocaine the heroin they were but symptoms because those were the things i used to manage that if i was mad enough at you and i didn't want to do something to you i just go got drunk and talked to other people about you <laughs> or whatever does that make sense So those were symptoms of that underlying malady. That was my spiritual escape. I've always needed a spiritual escape to escape my thoughts. Okay? All right. So now I'm back to... Is it step two? Yeah, I'm back in 59, because I don't want to do that to Sean twice. 59, That says, We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So that's the hope step. But they gave us precise instructions of where and how to find this power. Where do we find it? Do you relate to looking in the wrong place for power? You wanted to be philosophically comforted, so you wanted a new this or a new that out in the world and still didn't work, at least not for a lasting way. And then we started looking within, and we found out that, Ease and comfort is found within. We sometimes have to press, yes? Okay. And we come to believe based on the process. That's what they're, right? We're going we're to come, we're going to come to, and we're going to come to believe based on this experience by learning to discipline the thought life and, and learning to serve. Yes? Okay. Then it says, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to God as we understood him. Power as we understood him. I think it's really good that you get that. A lot of people have taken that to mean a God of your understanding, and that is patently false. That's not what they said. Read it. They said God as we understood him. Who's we? The first 100. And to a person, they explained to you the sensory nature of this power. The clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. I was free at last. The real significance of that time in the churchyard Burst upon me. That's what he said. How many of you have had those revelations in the spirit and you know exactly what they're talking about? Why would we cheat another human out of that? So it's not a God of my understanding. It's a God of my experience. But I had to look at how they understood the experience of God so that I would know a starting point for how to grow from there. Why I would want to do anything else. Does it make sense? Okay. Then we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and we admitted to God, to power, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, and then they get to we're entirely ready to have God. So we're gonna go we're gonna go now to where are we at? 76, is that right? So we're at the top of that page. And it says, if we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. So what was it we're answering to our satisfaction? Have we tried to skimp? Am I really not fully conceded? Am I not fully yielded to this power and this process? Yes? Because if I'm not, then I've got other instructions, right? Start asking for willingness, or step over the nearest bar room, you know, whatever. Um, So it says we've emphasized willingness as being indispensable Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? And there's a question, but they also gave you the one word of instruction they're going to give you on this step. Let. In order to have God do it, I'm going to have to let go of it. Does that make sense? And and since it's not, it's illusionary anyway, I mean, it's real to me, but... it's, it's not something I can just pluck. What I'm going to have to do is turn my thoughts to another. And when that happens, there's a window open into my consciousness and it allows power to flow in. You don't have to believe me, but think about it in your experience. As soon as you turn... Where my people that just had a first-step experience and someone helped you see that you did the same thing over and over, and then one day tore up from the floor up, but you saw how you were hurting somebody else, and you just asked maybe, could you please keep me from hurting this person or these people anymore. Might have been your children, might have been your parents. And then all of a sudden, this thing's got set in motion and you started doing shit you would never do again before. Because that experience happened for you. I call it being struck sober. What did you do today to get stay sober? Not a fucking thing. There's nothing I can do. Takes no power to not do. But I served everyone that asked, and I woke up in prayer and meditation and tried to stay there all day. It's better for you if I do. (laughs) If if we're going to interact. Okay. All right, so are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? They're always going to ask us again because we'll say, yeah, 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 but the reality is there's a price to be paid. Destruction of self-centeredness. So I'm going to... Some things I'm ready to do, some things I'm not ready to do, yeah? So this is the time we start getting our list from four and five prioritized. What am I really willing to do? And the author suggests to us, to the wife, to the family, to the employer, get a circle of support around you before you try and do anything crazy, yeah? Okay. Um, Then he says, if we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. So we're going to ask for willingness from this power we've discovered, and you're going to learn that willingness is divine power. If I had willingness on my own, then why didn't I exert my willingness before I ruined my life multiple times? So then it goes on to say, when ready, we said something like this. And they're going to read through the prayer, but then we'll get past that and we'll talk a little bit about it. Remember we did a third step prayer and if you were here, I called your attention. There's no amen there. But you'll find people in the rooms that'll hand you a little card and they've got an amen there. And it's because some drunk did that. They made shit up. The third step prayer was only half of the prayer. The intention was I desperately needed power to live. So the third step prayer was half Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness. And then I looked at what my difficulties were. When I went into the process, I thought my difficulties were court fines and pending divorces and bankruptcies and... And those were not my problems. Those were manifestations of self based on my problems of low self-esteem, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, guilt, shame, and remorse. Those things had to go for the wreckage to stop piling up. Make sense? Okay. So, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. And now I've had a tangible experience of his power flowing in and through me. And I know that he does have all of me, good and bad. And now I've shaken my idea that I ever knew what good and bad was myself. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Now my eyes are open. I know what it looks like. I can't move into a conscious relationship without making a conscious decision. That's why we have a mind. God gave you the mind to use. They're going to tell you that later on. It's not the thing, don't think, don't think. Our rooms for years have had a thing that said, think, think, think. But they want us to wake up first. The goal of 12-step recovery is not abstinence. It's awakening. Otherwise, they would have said, having been struck sober as a result of these steps. That's not what they said. <laughs> and then it says, we have then completed step seven. So, Steven is armed with the facts about myself. This is where Bill said, that's what separates the men from the boys. Yeah. Right? Because now I know... Now I know I do have to find the willingness to go to that person I hate. I do have to go own the bad behavior towards family members and children. And and I've got to amend to their specification. And I know if I'm being honest with myself, I lack the power to do that. So I need that agreement now. And that's why I say an amen. That That signifies that I acknowledge my inadequacy in his Yes?